Hey, and welcome to the Healthy Fit Life Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Hanton. So today we'll be talking to Chastity Snowden, who's the founder of FLA Movement Corp, helping people eat foods they love while getting sustainable results. She is also a former bikini competitor, three-time regional CrossFit athlete, and a 2018 Masters CrossFit Games athlete. And today we'll be discussing how to baby step your way to weight loss. And if you're a fan of the show, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and to leave a review if you enjoyed listening. So let's get started. So Chastity, thank you for hopping on my show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I love awesome. being on podcasts. So thank you. Yeah. Looking forward to discussing how to baby step your way to weight loss, but I rattled off a lot of different things that you've done. So bikini competitor, CrossFit athlete, a master's CrossFit games athlete, a lot of different, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, before we get started on the topic, why don't you give the audience a little introduction into who you are and, and what you currently do? Yeah, I'm a nutrition coach online. I have six coaches in the company, a dietitian on staff in case people have issues. And basically what you said was accurate. I've done a lot of things physically, Mm -hmm. but now I teach people how whatever their goal is and just help them get to whatever their goal is. And usually my background will help me get them there because I've experienced most of the things they've experienced. Right. Absolutely. You have a very wide breadth of uh, experience. You've done the competition type stuff, but also you probably have a lot of background just training regular people, I guess. Right. But I want to get on the topic of just weight loss. That's a really common goal that I'm sure a lot of your clients have and my clients as well. And just a lot of people want to lose weight. But when it comes to weight loss, I think a lot of people struggle with just getting started. Right. They, They have these big grand goals and then they start and then they fail. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today is instead of looking at the big picture, but starting small with weight loss. So when it comes to weight loss, what are some things that you've seen with your clients where they where they fail or they, they kind of dive in without any sort of goal or plan? So how can someone take a, a smaller approach to weight loss rather than just jumping in wholeheartedly without any sort of idea what, where to start? Yeah, that's exactly what I love talking about baby stepping to weight loss is everybody wants to do it all or nothing and it isn't sustainable. So one of the things that you need to do is either take one thing at a time or one of the things I teach is eating what you love while getting Mm -hmm. results. Most people want to eat only fruits, vegetables, Mm -hmm. really clean food, and they try not to eat crappy foods Mm -hmm. per se. But if you're eating Taco Bell, You might want to keep Taco Bell in your diet because you're going to go back to Taco Bell. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a great starting point. So we talk about baby stepping your way to something. It's really small steps like a baby, right? A baby's not going to take gigantic steps. They're going to take very small steps, but they're still steps in the right direction. And so what I like what you said about instead of making everything kind of black and white or whole hard changes, you just keep doing what you're doing, but you're still, you're still able to see results. So let's take the nutrition aspect. So you mentioned eating Taco Bell. A lot of people think, well, Taco Bell, that's a bad food, right? I can't eat Taco Bell. So how would someone, when it comes to nutrition, take a baby step approach to actually accomplishing their goals of weight loss, but still eating Taco Bell or other, other fast food or other things in their life? Well, the basic way is most people learn, you know, good or bad food. And Mm -hmm. I try to teach no good or bad food. It's all Mm -hmm. protein, carbs, and fats. So I actually teach you the way, you know, what food is. And so logging food really helps. So when you put, you know, a taco 
whether it's Taco Bell or a healthy taco or whatever you make at your house, Mm -hmm. into an app, it'll actually break it down into protein, carbs, and fats. So Mm -hmm. you might need more tacos from Taco Bell or you might need less tacos from Taco Bell to begin. And that is basically how you can manage taking the one baby step, figure out what you need as far as your caloric intake and your protein, carbs, and fats, and then just keep eating what you're eating. And then after you start hitting your protein, carbs, and fats with the kind of food you eat, then start to eat healthier choices. Maybe go to a healthier kind of taco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people try to do a lot at once, right? So they try to make really big changes to their nutrition and they go, okay, I'm going to cut out all these things and I'm going to incorporate all these other things. And of course, that's, that's too much. That can be overwhelming. So when it comes to your clients, how do you help them focus on just making really small changes and instead of making these big changes that of course, a lot of people struggle with and they fail? One of the things is every single person I work with is individualized. So every single choice is different for each person. One mm-hmm. person, it might be, we need to work on water first because mm-hmm. you drink none. Or right. one person, <laughs> it might be, we need to just get you eating one vegetable a day instead of you know fast food at all of your meals. Right, um, right. So one choice actually can completely change what they're doing and how they're feeling because right. adding in more water, all of a sudden they sleep better. All of a sudden they go to the mm-hmm. restroom more. All of a sudden they feel better and they want to do other habits once they get right. that one habit. Yeah. So you're talking about habit stacking, but I love those two examples that you brought up with the water and the vegetables because those are really easy, small baby steps that people can do for the audience out there that they can incorporate in their lives, right? So I, mean, I like how you mentioned about the vegetables is just eating one more vegetable right in their diet rather than trying to eat broccoli, chicken, and rice every single day. Just eat one one more vegetable a day or just incorporating more water in their day rather than trying to do, you know, eight glasses of water a day. Just drink a little bit more water. So I love how you brought those two examples up because those are very good examples of baby steps that people can do in their lives. Instead of making wholesale changes, just do one or two small things and build on from there, right? Yeah. And they're also free. Exactly. Yeah. Funny yeah. how that happens. <laughs> and then Whole30, it's wonderful, but a lot of people go from fast food all day mm. to Whole30. And that's not right. manageable. You don't need to eat vegetables all day long. Mm-hmm. Adding one vegetable a day a lot of times is hard enough. Right. And if you only drink 20 ounces of water a day, to try to drink a gallon mm-hmm. is going mm-hmm. to ruin your gut and your life. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a great point. Of uh, that's that's a really specific example of just incorporating one more vegetable in your day, and you're not advocating for wholesale changes. Of okay, you got to eat a vegetable every single meal, and it has to be you know a cup of broccoli, a cup of spinach, and you know a cup of peas. It's just you're saying just eat one more vegetable a day, like just one a day. I think that's fantastic. But do you have? clients that even struggle with that, just that one small change. And so how do you help them overcome that or, or incorporate that into your life? Just one small change. A lot of times the easiest way to do it is to ask what change they're willing to make. So I'll have a list of different changes. And Mm -hmm. then we ask which one of these is the easiest for you to implement. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, most of the time I know which one they're going to choose because I know them really well, Mm -hmm. but having them empower themselves 
by choosing themselves and then I can hold them accountable mm-hmm. is the best thing. But when you even mentioning the vegetable, how many people listening to this podcast have eaten 365 vegetables in a year? Right. <laughs> I don't think I have right, <laughs> unless yeah. you're a vegetable, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan, but that is a lot of vegetables to add to your life. Mm-hmm. And just the small changes have changed people big time and the patience of doing it slowly by the end of six months or a year, now you have a habit that you don't have to think about. Right. And then you can move on to the next habit. Yeah, I love, I love that analogy of 365 vegetables in a year. Sounds like a lot. But when you it's break a whole it down lot. One, right? <laughs> break it down to one per day, it doesn't sound that bad. When you take the whole year in account, that, that sounds like a lot. But you're absolutely right. Eventually, it just becomes part of your lifestyle. You don't really think about it. And that allows you to kind of stack on other habits. But I want to switch over to, we talked about the nutrition portion, but what about training? So how can people kind of baby step their way into maybe including more activity in their life? Yeah, I love helping people do the one tiny thing of an activity because it's not hard to wake up Mm -hmm. and stand beside your bed and do 10 minutes of work or five minutes of work or simply walk your dog. He needs mm-hmm. to go to the restroom. You can go with him. You don't yeah. have to put him in the backyard and let him run. Right. Run with him or run with your kids. So I like to incorporate, if you have a baby, pick up your baby and do squats. So mm-hmm. I try to figure out what activity actually fits in their life. It doesn't have to be drive to a gym, mm-hmm. put on your watch, do 30 minutes of something that you hate mm-hmm. and drive home. It should be something you enjoy and that fits in your actual schedule. And also, if you start with five minutes, eventually eight minutes will be easier. Ten minutes will be easier. Don't do an hour to begin. (laughs) Yeah, if if you're going from zero to 100, it's going to lead to a lot of problems. It's not going to be sustainable. But I I like what you said about even, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes or or just taking the dog for a outside for a quick walk or just walking with your kid or there's a lot of different activities people can do that are really easy and free. And I think for the audience listening out there, uh, Chastity, you said something really crucial, which is that some, you have to find something that you enjoy, right? Something that you're going to want to do over and over again. And I think a lot of people, they see what other people are doing on social media and they think, okay, I'm going to have to do that activity. And they don't like it. They hate it. No. And then they just quit, right? So I, I really like how you, what, what you said about finding an activity that you actually enjoy doing, especially if your goal is just, you know, you want to improve your health, general, you know, just weight loss, really any sort of movement that you could incorporate in your life is going to be helpful, right? And it changes mm-hmm. and be okay with that. I used to do bikini competitions and live yep. in a gym doing bicep curls. Yeah. <laughs> then I changed and I was in a CrossFit gym for six years mm-hmm. going to the CrossFit games. I haven't been in a CrossFit gym in four years. That's Mm -hmm. okay. Now I love yoga and working out beside my bed, doing different things or walks on the beach. Every few years, who you are might change. Maybe you like swimming. And don't judge yourself. If you don't like what you're doing anymore, stop. Find something new. Yeah, that's a great point about you've you've tried a lot of different activities, right? And you fell in love with competing and then you went to CrossFit and now you love yoga. So you've you've done a lot of different things. And how do you help people understand that they can do different things but still accomplish their goals, right? I think a lot of people get sucked into 
they have to do one particular activity. So how do you help people kind of branch out and, and try different things, kind of countering a lot of wild people here on social media? A lot of times I ask them what they want. Mm-hmm. And most people, usually what they want is the activity that they want to do. So swimming mm-hmm. bodies want to look like swimmer bodies. Right. The girls right. that want right. to look like the long, lean, yoga-looking body, they mm-hmm. kind of want to lean toward the yoga atmosphere. The girls right. that want to be more muscular, they're leaning toward the CrossFit stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tend to ask for their body structure of what they want to look at, and then I have them go try a class, but then I tell them whatever they choose, they should choose the opposite mm-hmm. one day a week. So if you're in the CrossFit gym, go to yoga. Mm-hmm. If you're walking on the beach for fitness, one day a week, pick up some weights. And I also tell them if you want a stronger shoulders or a stronger booty, then walking for fitness is not going to give you that. So right, we talk about right. whatever their fitness is and their movement style is, mm-hmm. you have to align it with whatever body goals that you have. I think that's something that I see people struggle with a lot is they have an idea of what they want to look like. And I'm, I'm just going to go based off of looks. They have an idea of what they want to look like, but what they're doing does not align to what they want to look like, right? And so like a lot of, a lot of guys, they want to have, they want to build muscle and or have a six pack, but what they're doing is not aligning to that that goal, right? So how do you help people align what they're doing with their goal? Or do you ever have to tell people that that goal is just not achievable? I work with kind of, I just want to look good naked, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> the people that I work with. So that's always achievable. It's really easy. And usually the, the workouts that they want to do are pretty simple. But um, so I've never actually had to tell somebody that, but I've had somebody tell me that. And then I said, nope, I'm mm-hmm. going to the CrossFit Games. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if they're willing to put in the work, I feel like potentially they might be able to get there. And worst mm-hmm. case scenario, they have a fun journey along the way, failing and just getting better. So um, it's really hard, whatever you're going after, no matter whether you want to look good naked or get to the CrossFit Games. Um, either way, you learn a lot. So yeah. <laughs> go ahead and give it a try. But yeah, I, I say go for whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. And looking good naked is a huge motivator for a lot of people. <laughs> why they And you know, to be perfectly frank and nothing wrong with that. I think that there's a wide, wide variety there of, of what looks, you know, what people envision as, as looking good without your clothes off. There's a wide variety, which I think helps people with to have that goal of making it achievable. Like, like you mentioned of it's, it's achievable. It's just depending on how far you want to go. Right. You know, I've done physique competitions, you've done bikini competitions and most people don't want to go that far, which is perfectly fine. So I think it's just making sure that if you're listening out there, you have a goal of, of competing, just understand that it's going to require a lot more than just, you know, looking good without your clothes off. Um, yeah, but I want to get back to, uh, to baby stepping, uh, your way to weight loss. So we talked about the training and the nutrition, but what about the mindset piece? So I think a lot of people struggle with with the mindset required to actually to lose weight and be in a sustainable fashion. So when it comes to making those small little changes, how do you help clients just understand that it's okay to just to focus on small changes rather than big changes and and trying to get these really quick, fast, unsustainable results? Yeah, the mindset piece is definitely the hardest part. One of the things I actually do is I keep a lot of data on clients. Mm. So we record their wins and we keep track of it 
every single thing they say that is, oh, I slept better today. My Mm -hmm. relationship with my husband is better. That's a win. Every single thing they say, my digestion's better. But we also track like their scale weight, their body circumference with measurements Mm -hmm. and their pictures. So that way, it's not just one thing that they're going after. Mm -hmm. We're monitoring all across the board, their mental state, were mm-hmm. they foggy at work? So these things are things that most people won't dive into because if somebody comes to you, they say, I want to look like this picture, but also right. behind the picture, because I've done bikini competitions, I looked like the pictures, right. but I felt horrible. Yeah. And I want to give them the whole thing. So I ask mm-hmm. a lot of detailed questions. So along the way, even if they haven't quite succeeded at getting to the picture that they want to look like yet, mm-hmm we celebrate all these wins and their patience grows, mm-hmm. which helps. Yeah, and that, that's something that anyone, so if someone's listening, that's something that they could do themselves, right? They could, they can track that data. I think uh, obviously a very common data point is the scale or, or how much someone weighs, right? But what are some other data points that people can do or track other than just weighing themselves, right? Because I think people get caught up on, the, on that, but what are some other data points people can use if they're listening and they say, hey, I want to, track some other data points. What are some other data points that people can track? I would track your measurements, but Mm -hmm. take measurements in a lot of different places where Mm -hmm. you want to lose fat typically is not where you're going to lose fat first. Mm -hmm. Also, if you're gaining muscle, that measurement might not change. Mm -hmm. Take pictures regularly and also show them to one of your friends because your friends might be able to see things Mm -hmm. that you can't see or show them to multiple friends, really nice ones, hopefully. Also. Track on a scale of one to five, one to 10, how you're feeling, your digestion, Mm -hmm. your mental, your workouts, and see if things are moving in the right direction, your sleep. And if things are going in that good direction, your relationships, all of that, things are going in a good direction, then you're doing what you should be doing and you're actually feeling better. That is amazing because most people wake up, they have no energy, they don't really want to go to work, they feel horrible (laughs) in the gym, and it's priceless to wake up and just feel good. Yeah, and I think those are all really good, easy things to track, especially, you know, you talked about tracking what you eat, that's a data point, tracking your workouts in the gym, that's another great data point, and how you feel, that's another great data point as well because like you mentioned, you know, in bikini, I've done physique. So we, we, we achieved that look, but there's also that, okay, how do you actually feel? Right. And on, on the day of competition, I felt like crap because I was dehydrated and all that good stuff. <laughs> but, but that's a great point though, is that how you feel is another really important aspect of health. Well, I don't think a lot of people consider, they just consider the hour aspect, but not the, the feel, how you feel parts. So how do you help people understand that it's not just the physical, it's also the, the mental or how you feel? Well, most of my clients I talk to regularly. So they, I ask very inquisitive questions and I poke and prod inside their Mm -hmm. lives probably more than they want. But getting to know someone really well, they start to open up and Mm -hmm. they realize it and that they're feeling better because they get to know me really well. Mm -hmm. And the aha moments of, wow, I went and ate pizza on date night with my husband. And I woke up the next morning and wasn't, upset and I put my Mm -hmm. pants on and I didn't feel guilty and they fit Mm -hmm. game changer. And they had a good day the next day. So 
it, there's no food guilt. And it's just, they realize life is better, even if they haven't gotten the 20 pounds off yet. And maybe it's 10 pounds or mm-hmm. whatever. It's a little bit slower, but the way they feel, we notice it when we talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's really good too, to, you know, you mentioned about how you don't take pictures and show your friends or maybe some of your close friends, but Talking to other people about what you're going through or your journey is, is is really another really powerful free tool that people can can utilize, right? And it helps with accountability and then kind of fosters a community. Even better, it's even better if you can get someone to join with you. But one one thing I want to go back to is uh, you mentioned about fat loss, about how fat doesn't just come off of one area. So I think that'd be good. Maybe you can talk a little more about that. Cause I don't think a lot of people realize that that you know you want to lose belly fat, great, but you know that's not going to magically come off just that area. So you can talk a little bit more about that, about what fat loss actually looks like or uh, feels like, or when instead of just coming off of one area. Yeah. It's never kind. Fat loss is always, in my opinion, it's, and cause I've lost weight many times in my life mm-hmm. and for bikini competitions. And then yeah. after the CrossFit games, I lost weight and it's just, you look, want your waist to go down and then yeah. women, poor us, we lose our breasts or mm-hmm. uh, we want our butt to stay big and our thighs to get smaller, but mm-hmm. nope, we lose our butt. You know, you yeah. never lose fat where you want to unless you go get liposuction. That's the only mm-hmm. way. We cannot spot reduce as new yeah. <laughs> nutrition coaches. If I could, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. But <laughs> what I have found out of all the clients I've ever worked with, I tend to see it. you lose fat from the feet and the head down. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it, the way that you're going to lose it last is typically your hips or your stomach is going to be last. So your face mm-hmm. gets super thin and your calves get super thin, but people don't notice that. Mm-hmm. You right. don't look at your pictures and think, oh, my arms are thinner. You're focused on my belly's not thinner. So right. that's one of right. the reasons to take right. pictures, take measurements everywhere so mm-hmm. you can celebrate that fat is actually being lost. It's just not exactly where you want to lose it yet, but right. it's being lost. Right. Yeah, I think the same thing for men too. A lot of men want to lose that that gut or that spare tire around their waist. And I think that, I think yeah, nothing wrong with that goal, but like you, like you mentioned that the fats aren't going to just come off of that area alone. You can't target that area. But like you said, you take measurements, you get a lot of different data and then, to just see that you are making progress, you are getting results, but it just might take a little little longer, a little more time. But let's talk about the time aspect. So we talk about baby stepping and baby stepping, it's going to take some time, right? It's not a, a sprint, it's a, it's, a, it's a marathon. So when it comes to kind of baby stepping away through weight loss or to weight loss, or whatever goal you want to achieve, when it comes to the time aspect, we live in a, I think our culture wants things quick and fast. So how do you help people understand or how can someone understand that it's going to take a long time and and to be okay with that? Well, I always say, you know, would you rather lose the 20, 50 pounds? I mean, I've Mm -hmm. had clients lose 100, 160 Mm -hmm. one time or over and over and over and over and over. And we all know that yo-yo plan of I did it extreme (laughs) and it worked. And then I went back to my old life. Mm-hmm. And then I did it extreme again. And truly, if it's not sustainable, it really doesn't matter if it works right. or not. So it makes more sense. Take your time, do it in a sustainable fashion, learn habits that actually create a permanent lifestyle change so mm-hmm. that you can lose the fat 
and never have to worry about it coming back. And you actually become a new person Mm -hmm. along the way. Mm -hmm. That is how I convince them to slow down because every pound we lose, they think this is never coming back. Right, right, right. Ideally, yeah, I think that's a great point of, you know, baby stepping away through to, to weight loss is going to take some time. But like you, like how you mentioned about how do you want to go through the, the yo-yo phase and lose, gain, lose, gain, or do you just want to make a lifestyle change and lose and it stays lost, right? So I think that's really good. Uh, now is your picture a lot of people can envision, but I do want to jump to talking about your program, uh, your foundation's nutrition group. So can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, so we have a way that we actually teach you how to do all of this nutrition stuff. Nutrition, people like to make it really confusing and I try to make it easy. So we have a group that we started and we're going to offer it half off, which is awesome. Instead of doing individual coaching, we do it in a group with about four to six people and we teach Mm -hmm. you how nutrition works, but it's individualized to people as well. So right. That way you understand, but you get your own personalized nutrition too. And you have that group aspect, which is super fun because, I mean, just like I enjoy sitting here talking to you about nutrition, Mm -hmm. that's what we do. We talk and educate each other and you don't feel alone when you're like, food guilt, food guilt. (laughs) (laughs) We learn and we grow and we become patient together, which is really great. Yeah, having that community is really powerful. However, However you can find it, you can, I mean, there's a lot of different free ways to develop a community, but I think also just getting, joining community like yours is another great approach because you get that, that, that camaraderie goes along with accountability, but also just learning as well. So I think it's fantastic that you have that community built up. So I think it's a very powerful, very powerful tool for anyone that's looking to, to lose weight or improve their health. But Jesse, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We, we talked a lot of good points and a lot of great discussion around baby stepping away to weight loss. I think I just really got some really awesome things out of it. So again, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And so that wraps up today's episode. And thank you very much for listening. And make sure to check out Chastity on the social media links in the podcast notes, which I'll provide below. And if you're a fan of the show, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and to leave a review. Enjoy listening. So until next episode, take care of yourselves. And remember, the best project you'll ever work on is you.